0: right well can we just thank the lord one more time for just an opportunity to worship him this evening wow it's christmas eve isn't that great don't you just love christmas eve you know when i think of christmas eve i think of um i think of gifts primarily you know some of you are christmas eve gift openers you know who you are some of you only get one, all right? The rest of us get to wait till tomorrow morning when we open up our gifts. But we, we love to give gifts. But, you know, it was, it was about this time last year that a woman named uh, Stephanie uh, Myers was her last name. She gave a very unique gift to someone that she didn't even know. Stephanie is a councilwoman for a small community Shawnee Kansas and she had in her heart to give the gift of one of her kidneys to someone that was waiting for one someone that desperately needed it somebody that their lives would hang in the balance if they didn't have it in fact she told one of her good friends she said you know what I I, I I really believe that God wants me to do this and the next opportunity that comes along I I want to do it and sure enough the next week she was on Facebook and she connected with one of her high school friends that told her that her husband was in dire straits and desperately needed a kidney donor or he was gonna die well they connected they went through a battery of tests sure enough she was a perfect match so She went to the hospital and met Dan there, the the husband of her high school friend. They met and they moved, uh, they had the procedure into the hospital and it went perfectly well. She donated this gift on Christmas or right before Christmas. In fact, Dan went on to say it was the ultimate Christmas gift. (laughs) I'm sure that's true. What, What she really gave though was the gift of life and, and in a more perfect way and in a greater way when we celebrate Christmas what we're celebrating is the gift that Jesus gave us and that is the gift of life in fact I, w- I want to just show you what that means I want you to get your Bible and I want you to open it up if you didn't bring one there's one in the rack there in your seat And we'll put the page number on the screen. I want everybody with an open Bible for just a moment as we look in God's word about this gift of life. Uh, We're in 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. While you're turning there, John uh, is writing this. John was one of the inner circle of Jesus. He was one of the 12 disciples. But more than that, he was in the inner circle. John was probably Jesus' best friend. John was the first one to follow Jesus. He was the only one at the cross. He was one of the first ones to the empty tomb. John was the one that said that Jesus loved. John was very close to Jesus. In fact, when Jesus was dying on the cross, he asked John to take care of his mom. John is now an old man as he writes this letter. He's very old, he's the only surviving apostle. All of them had been killed. He was the only one left. And he's an old man reflecting back on all that he had seen, all that he'd experienced. And as he writes this letter, he's writing to a new generation of believers about the true meaning of Christmas. So let's look at it. 1 John chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. This is the Word of God. What was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have observed and have touched with our hands concerning the Word of life, That life was revealed, and we have seen it. And we testify and declare to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. What we have seen, what we have heard, we also declare to you so that you may also have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. Now, as you read that for the first time, the thing that jumped out at me is the fact that he said, we've seen and we've heard, we've seen, we've heard, we've touched. He says that all the way through these few verses. And I think the reason why is Grandpa John is writing this letter and he's talking to this new generation. He's saying, listen, what what I'm telling you about Jesus is not some made-up story. It's not something, some legend you've heard of. No, no, I have seen him. I was with him. I was there when these things took place. I touched him. I knew him. And then in kind of the the being wrapped up in the memory of all of it, he gives Jesus a new name. In fact, this is the only place in the scripture where Jesus called this name. He calls him the word of life. The word of life. That's a significant name. Jesus is the originator of life. He is the word of life. Think about it. When God wanted to bring uh, life into existence in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, the first verses in the Bible, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And how did he do that? He spoke. Every time God spoke, the worlds came into being. He spoke and light came into being. He spoke and life came into being. And when God wanted to bring life to people who were dead in their sins and in spiritual darkness... He spoke. He sent his son, Jesus, the word of life from heaven to this earth. You see, if there's anything that you take away from tonight, anything I want you to hold close to you, anything that you can savor and think about again tonight and and remember again tomorrow morning, it's this, that Jesus came to give you and me life. He came To give us life now you may be thinking well what does that mean exactly that jesus came to give us life what what exactly does that mean well thankfully grandpa john explains that in this passage that we just read so i want to give you a couple of thoughts to to hang on that main idea that jesus came to give us life let me show you how he did that first off he came to give us life with god look at verse 2. verse 2 says we testify declare to you The eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. If you're circling in your Bible, circle those words, eternal life. What is eternal life? Eternal life is life beyond the grave. It's eternal. That's the definition. It's life beyond this moment in time, this mist in the air that we call our earthly existence. Eternal life is is life eternal. It's life, and it's always referred to in the sense of life with God, life with the Father, life in heaven. In other words, Jesus came to give us life beyond the grave. You know, Christians are the only people that sing at graves. You notice that? We sing at graves. I don't know how many funerals I've done, and when we get to the graveside, instead of weeping, we sing, why? Well, it reminds me, this last year, this last summer, I took several from our church to Israel. I've been several times, and, and we went to kind of the climax of the trip is to go to the empty tomb. And so we went to the empty tomb, and there we are, and we, we hear the story, and we go through, and we see Calvary, and then we walk through the empty tomb, and it's sacred ground. It's a holy moment. And then they usher you over to another little space where you can do Bible study, you can worship, you can take communion together. And MJ pulled out his guitar and we started to sing. And man, if you thought we were singing a minute ago, we were off the chain when we were uh, over at the grave, you know, at at the empty tomb. We were singing and we were worshiping. And then what we learned was that and we could hear another group and they were singing and they were worshiping. So it's kind of this antiphonal thing of singing back and forth. We were like, do we jump on their song? Do we wait for a new song? I don't know, but we're into it, man. We're singing back and forth. Then you could hear another group singing. I tell you what, there have been times when I've been there singing at the empty tomb, and I've heard people singing in in foreign languages that I didn't understand. I didn't know the words, but I knew the tune, so I knew what they were singing. Why is it that people from all over the world come to this one little space on the planet to sing? You know why? Because when Jesus came, he came to pay our sins, to die on our, our cross, to be raised to new life, so he conquered the grave. Listen, that means that the graveside does not have the last word, that Jesus has the last word, because he is the author of life. He is the word of life, and he is the only one that can give you eternal life. That's important for some of you to hear, because if I could just sit across the table with you right now, over a cup of coffee, and we would talk. You might say, you know, Pastor, this has been a really hard Christmas. This is my first one without my wife or my husband. First one without my dad or my mom or without a son or a daughter. And you think the grave has the last word, but I want you to know because Jesus came, the grave does not have the last word. Jesus has the last word he is the one that gives eternal life. Aren't you so glad for that? Amen. I am. Listen, not only does Jesus give us life with God, but he also gives us life in a family. And that's what Grandpa John continues to talk about. Look at verse, look at verse three. He said, what we have seen, and we've heard, we also declare to you so that you may have fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. Key word is fellowship, right? He says it twice there. Now, we think of fellowship is just like hanging out. It's kind of like the fellowship hall, right? That's where you eat fried chicken and, and deviled eggs, in the fellowship hall, right? But fellowship is more than friendship. It's more than hanging out. Fellowship is deeper than that. Listen, it actually means it's a hard word to grab a hold of but it actually means to share your life with somebody see there's something in all of us that we don't want to be alone we want to share our life with somebody to know and be known to love and be loved to care and be cared for to serve and to be served and the beautiful part of the gospel is when you give your life to christ when you say yes to jesus you you don't just get eternal life but you get life with people You're, you're placed into a family and listen i got some good news there are no orphans in god's family there's no outcasts in god's family there's no second class citizens in god's family we're one we're together we're a family every christmas eve we have a Uh, tradition in our family. We've done this for years, many, many, many many years. Okay, I'm not gonna give you a number. And Liz and I started before the kids came along where we get together on Christmas Eve. Before we go into all the Christmas Eve services, we have a lunch and we have the same meal. We've had the same meal for years. And uh, then we had kids. And so at the table, we had a high chair and then we would share the meal with the high chair. And then then we had two kiddos. Two girls. And then as time went on, we had to sit down for the same meal, same time on Christmas Eve. And uh, we had, we had uh, kind of squiggly, uh, wormy kind of uh, uh, elementary school kids. And then they transitioned into awkward middle school girls. And then, and then they uh, went into high school. And then you see them at the same table, coming back from college, growing up. We were sitting at the table today and we were lighting our candles, doing the little advent candle. We were reading our scriptures and we stopped and we were just talking about how good God has been. And uh, I said to him, I said, you know, family matters. What happens at this table matters. And we're going to scatter from this table we're going to go to places where god leads us to declare the glory of god to make disciples until he comes that's what we do but once a year we gather back at this table and we remember how good god is and listen that's what the church is the church is god's family pulled together and when we gather together and we worship when we gather together at the Lord's table, and we take communion together, we are saying that this family matters and you belong here. And that is the gift that Jesus gives. The life, not only eternal life, but the life together. Now, is our church perfect? No. Do we mess up? Oh yeah, sometimes big time. But we do know this, that because of Jesus, There's somebody here that will pray with you and love you and share life with you until he comes or until we go to meet him. See, Jesus came to give us life. He's the word of life. He came to give us eternity eternity, and eternal life. He also came to give us life together, but then Grandpa John just doesn't leave that hanging. He gives us one more, and you gotta look at verse four to find it. It's not too hard to find. Verse four, he says, we write these things so that our joy may be complete. He said that Jesus comes to give us a joyful life. Joyful life. You know, everybody's wanting to be happy, right? Everybody talks about the pursuit of happiness, but happiness is dependent on your circumstances, but joy is not dependent on your circumstances. Happiness is what you feel when everything's going your way, but joy can settle down in your hearts when things are not going your way. In fact, when things are really dark, you can still have joy joy in fact i don't know if this is true but i think that it's quite possible that when john was writing these words uh, that your joy may be complete i have a feeling that his mind flashed back like it sometimes an old man's mind will do it will flash back to something that he experienced before i think when he was pitting those words his mind flashed back to the night before jesus died There he was in the upper room sitting right next to Jesus. And Jesus was telling them that bad things were going to happen, that he was going to die, that that someone was going to betray him, that Peter was going to, to abandon him. And then he, in all this despair and confusion, Jesus turned to these men and he said these words, I have told you this so that my joy may be with you. And that your joy may be complete. You see, I think John was remembering that even when things were really bad, nothing could take away the joy that Jesus was giving him. Listen, I don't know what you're going to face in 2020. I don't know what's ahead of you. I don't know what you're facing right now. Some of you may be facing very dark circumstances. But what I do know is this. Is that because Jesus came, you can have joy, the joy of Jesus Christ, that can carry you through it. See, John said, I want you to remember this. Jesus came to give us life. Jesus came as a word of life So that you could know that you're going to live with him forever in heaven. So that you could have a family to love and care for you and to do life with and share life with you. And that you could experience his joy no matter what you face in this life. This is the gift of Christmas. But here's the catch. Just like the gifts under your tree right now, they're not really any good until you receive it. Somebody can go to great expense to buy it and wrap it and put it right there. But until you take it and you open it and you make it your own, then it's not really a gift. And this gift of life that Jesus offers, you've got to receive it. You receive it by faith. So here's the question. On this Christmas, have you received the gift of life? Do you know for sure? that you're right with God do you have and or do you experience the family of God in your life are you experiencing the joy that only comes from Jesus in your life if you don't know then you can receive that ultimate gift right now I want you to bow your heads with me and I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer and if you're here today and you say you know Pastor Craig, I'm just not sure if I know Christ. I'm just not sure if, if I'm right with God, but I want to be. Maybe even right now you sense the Spirit of God tugging at your heart, Jesus knocking on the door of your heart. Then right now you can receive this gift of life from the word of life. This is why Jesus came. If that's you, then just pray this simple prayer with me. Dear God, I know that I've gone my own way. And I know I've sinned against you. But I believe that you love me. And that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for me. And I believe he rose again on the third day. And so I'm asking you, please, please forgive please wash me clean I'm asking you to give me your life and today I choose to turn from my old way of living my selfish way of living and to follow you I surrender my life to you thank you coming to this earth for me thank you for giving your life for me father we thank you for the this moment this holy sacred moment we reflect back on that first christmas when christ came into the world the Christ of glory, the eternal Son, the majestic King of glory, stepped down into a cradle in the dirt so that he could go to a cross and rise again and ascend to your right hand, Father. And there he awaits to come again and he offers us life and forgiveness and peace and hope. Lord, we're overwhelmed by your grace to us. Lord, I pray that as we go through the rest of our evening, as we go into tomorrow, that we would hold close that truth to our hearts, that you, Jesus, are the word of life and you make our life worth living. Lord, I pray that we would carry that truth with us wherever we go, into the new year, into whatever we face, that we would hold out the light of the gospel, that Jesus is life. Lord, we worship you, and we pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, we're going to take a moment to worship together by candlelight so if you have your candles if you would pull that out now and then why don't you just stand with me in just quiet reverence as we worship god together
1: Son. All is bright round yon virgin mother.
0: Blessing to me and to our family and I want you to know how much I love you and I thank God for you and pray for you I'm glad we're family together are not you and um, I pray that as you go into tonight as you leave the stillness of this moment to the the celebration to come That you would uh, treasure this truth in your heart. That Jesus is the one that gives us life and makes life worth living. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May He lift up His countenance on you and give you His peace. I love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful Merry Christmas. Good night.